Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Two more weeks of waiting and we'll be into college football. <sighs> I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Welcome to the Mazzotcast. With me, as always, is Jared Fogel's personal cinematographer, Colin Anthony. Hey, thanks for having me. Not with us is Brian Goers, who unfortunately has come down with uh, full-blown AIDS. <laughs> Gosh, that's tough. Yeah, not, that's tough. not HIV, the full stuff. Man, man. Well... Um, that's that is that's tough. You told me you were you talked to him on the. Phone. I talked to him a little earlier. Yeah, he told me that uh, he'd been on the toilet all morning. Ah. Not good. Yeah, he said he'd Two. been passing what was uh, the size and consistency of a V eight can, followed Oof. by what he described as two minutes of hot dog water. Oh. <laughs> I had no yeah. idea that was an an AIDS <laughs> symptom. <laughs> well, I'm sure it is, but uh, Just, whatever's going on with Brian, it sounds pretty nasty. It is so well. And in his place, we had to do something, and so we took another guy from the Mazadcast team, somebody we've kept away from the mic for over a year. With good reason. Right. Uh, it's our producer, Producer Joel. Welcome to, the, uh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah, well, mm. try to earn it, because uh, you could, we could be ripped off the son of a bitch just as fast <laughs> yeah. as we put you on. <laughs> Pull it off. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So let's get into it, I guess. Like I said, two weeks to go before we can finally talk about real football. Oh, wouldn't that be glorious? If, if we've, me, you... All of the media have been talking about nothing but practices yeah. for weeks and weeks on amazing, end. Amazing practices. It's time to talk football. Um, one of the things we talked about last week, but we didn't quite do all of it, was the, uh, the position, position groups. groups. Yeah. yeah, and the reason I said we didn't do all of it, we forgot the linebacker core. Yeah, we are far from professional, and we will blame uh, producer Joel for forgetting linebackers. It's kind of his job to keep us on a point. So. He also reminds us to turn microphones on. He failed. Yeah, that. failed us that way, way sorry. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Get it Take together. Your, yeah. You can put your sorries in a sack, mister. <laughs> so let's talk about those linebackers, Colin. What do you think? Um, brothers, Shears, and uh, Newsom are a pretty substantial group of linebackers. I think it's another group of uh, – players for the Tigers that the SEC media is completely sleeping on. Mm-hmm. Good. I was watching the SEC network this morning. Um, a couple of their uh, analysts were giving their basically all SEC teams if they had their pick mm-hmm. of uh, A lot players. of Tigers picked on that? No, there were none. What? Um, Wait. If you can not no. believe that, there were zero Tigers um, because to the SEC media uh, – you know, the Tigers are Vanderbilt, you know. Right. Despite winning the East two years in a row, we are just a 
tick above Vanderbilt, a tick behind Kentucky. A dog tick above. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we are we are a bloated dog tick on the ball sack of the SEC, mm-hmm. and um, so I guess we should be uh, used to that. But uh, the SEC is going to have to take notice of this linebacker group. Yeah, uh, I believe they are going to uh, show us something. Something I liked about this group is over the season, they were one group where I could say they improved. Mm-hmm. You know, early in the season, the screen game was uh, getting put over on the Tigers a little bit, and the uh, the linebackers really started to um, figure that out, snuffed it out. It became a, something that people just didn't do against the Tigers. Right. Well, you know, and you hear it a lot about uh, Shear and Brothers um, last year. And going into this season, but one of the guys who didn't get the same, same sort of attention, Donovan Newsom, um, he's looking good in camp. Last year, he was the guy that came off when the Tigers went into the nickel set, which they did often. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks like this year, new defensive coordinator Barry Odom is going to keep Newsom in, even in the nickel package most of the time. And so we're going to see a lot of Donovan Newsom this year. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, And that, I think that says something about um, Newsom, too, because um, – if there's one area of strength for the Tigers, it's their uh, defensive backs, the safeties in the uh, corners, and uh, they've got a lot of them, a lot of talented. So if, if if Newsom is on the field, that means there's a defensive back who's not on the field, right? which says they've got some confidence in him, certainly. Mm-hmm. And also it provides a little bit of insurance for that young defensive line that we're nurturing out of the gate after the loss of Brantley and uh, the dismissal of Marcus Loud for unknown question marks. Yeah, yeah, who nobody knows. So we could see some pass rushing out of that uh, linebacker core a little bit more than we did last year. You know, year, I heard one of the uh, – I did hear something earlier this week that they – you know, in the dismissal of Loud, they almost felt like um, that was – I've heard that the reason they did that – well, not we don't know the reason, but the reason they felt like they could do that is because they were pretty high on Marcel Frazier. It's like right. I don't know that they would have got rid of him. They would probably would have suffered his – whatever problem a little bit longer if they didn't believe in the uh, depth behind him. Well, Marcel Frazier certainly impressed the coaches during the fall camp Mm -hmm. and during the scrimmages. He seems to have that position locked down, which is a blessing because after Loud's dismissal, you know, we either lost Shane Ray, we lost Marcus Golden, and it looked like we had guys just ready to come right back in and Mm -hmm. take those spots. And so it's nice to know that maybe we have some safety in that, uh, on the defensive end position. So, uh, you know, I have a lot more confidence in the defense going into this season than maybe I did in, in May or June. I have a confidence in the team on the whole more than I did uh, just a few weeks ago. And it's probably just because I've had um, practice smoke blown up my ass for the <laughs> last three weeks. But it's just like everything's starting to sound good. I heard Coach Hill on a local radio station the other day talking about the uh, the offense, the quarterbacks, the receivers, and every, everything just sounds so positive. And it sounded like he was um, – trying to temper enthusiasm, but was really excited about them Mm -hmm. in spite of himself. You know, like he couldn't hide his enthusiasm. Like I think our, you know, I just got the feeling that he feels pretty good about the receivers right now. The coaches, they like to keep it very neutral. Mm -hmm. It's never too good and it's never too bad. Yeah. You know, even when the guys are tanking horribly, they're like, I like what he's doing in practice. He's getting a lot of good reps. When he's doing great, they're like, yeah, we like what we're seeing, but you know. He's doing all the things right he's supposed to be doing, but there's there's always work to do. Yeah, there's always work to do and the guy coming up behind him. Yeah, and, and also, I really like Joel's contribution so far. <laughs> He's great. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah. <laughs> your depth of football knowledge, Joel. I am, I am. And you're vo- verbose. So, um, <laughs> yeah, talking about Andy Hill and the quarterbacks, uh, that is something that has gotten a lot of attention the last week. Well, it's gotten a lot of attention with two scrimmages yeah. that have been available to the media to see. Uh, Matty Mock has performed much better mm-hmm. the, sure recently has. than he had um, in spring. And certainly better than he did last fall camp. 
um, that gives you confidence. But the real, the real uh, headline grabber is Drew Locke, who is a redshirt freshman. Yeah, and and for those Tigers that don't know, he is a five-star recruit. He's a quarterback. He has got a smile that lights up a room. Um, <laughs> he has feathered brown chestnut hair, mm-hmm. um, sinewy. Colin, I feel like you strong arms. Whoa. Might have some serious feelings. <laughs> no, you know he's a good football player. He's on our team. Yeah, yeah. Well, athletic the... body. <laughs> anyway, um, so go ahead, Brendan. Sorry, I got. To, uh, sorry, go ahead. What were we talking about, Drew Locke? Yeah. Um, the, the question re- uh, revolving around Drew Locke is: Would he see action in 2015? The the smart money um, is going to be on no. Yeah, he is a red shirt freshman. We have a junior quarterback who's looking to put in. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Two more solid seasons starting, yet um, he's played so, so well that no, a lot of Tiger fans are chomping at that bit. Like, yeah. he wants to see some of that yeah, on the well, field. You know, there are you know, those extraordinary talents. And if he's one of those extraordinary talents that warrants you putting a pretty good quarterback on the bench, then, mm-hmm. then you got to do that. If he gives you the best chance to win, you got to do that. Right. But uh, if, if you're not going to start him, then leave that fucking red shirt on him. Right. Um, well, and the, and the thing we haven't talked about is Eddie Prince, who is uh, Mox. Uh, he's number two in the depth chart. And has looked good in practice as well. Yeah. That, we, have very, we have very few holes in the quarterback position, which makes us unique amongst SEC squads right now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in, <laughs> though I um, again on the SEC network, they were ranking a quarterback group for teams, and uh, Missouri again was not mentioned. <laughs> so why would they be? Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to make, throw that out there. Well, I like the confidence they always show us. I, and I'll tell you one thing, Colin. After watching the quarterbacks perform at a mm-hmm. high level, I'm going to go out on a real limb here. I think we can beat Semo in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brendan. God, I would hope. You're obviously a little higher on him right now than I am. Okay, but because yeah. I'm I not going to say that. I know you're a fence rider on that. Yeah, position. yeah, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I'm starting to feel that. I'm starting to lean that way. That's as far as mm-hmm. I'm going to go at this point, though. Yeah, I mean, Semo is clearly one of the top teams in Missouri. Yeah, um, yeah sure, sure. But I, I think with what I'm seeing, the the Tigers have a good chance here at mm-hmm. home. Sure, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, but uh, Brendan, let me ask you this. What would it take for Drew Locke to play? And I'm not talking about a Matty Mock injury or um, terrible play. I'm talking how good would he have to be, in your mind, for Gary Pinkle to pick him over Matty Mock? Because Gary Pinkle in the past has been loyal to a fault. Yeah, in my mind, um, and great question, Colin. Um, in my mind, he would have to play exceptionally well because just for the long-term strategy of having um, a, a experienced seasoned quarterback for two years – and then burning a red shirt for a kid who is, by all accounts, the future. Mm-hmm. You know, he is Missouri's hope. Uh, it just doesn't make any long-term sense. But but it is really tough to make that decision when you're watching your best quarterback sit on the bench for an entire season. Well, that's what I mean. Like, if he really is better than Matty Mock, 
is Gary Pinkle going to swallow him? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean for a season, a whole season. I mean, if he get, if he truly is the guy who gives you the best chance to win, would Gary Pinkle sit on him? I would I would like to think not. No. But um, boy, it's hard to sit a uh, a guy who's how, what. Is, I mean, Matty Mock has played basically a, a full season and a half as the starter. Mm-hmm. He's now going to be a junior. He's still got to. My thought is is though, either pull Matty Mock now, or you pull him next year. So, what? Well, I'm not oh, saying that you will. Year. I'm saying that if you if you're gonna if you're gonna start lock over Matty Mock, it's gonna be this year or the next because Matty Mock's only to be here for two more years. Is it easier to pull him now for Matty Mock? Mock than it would be as Matty Mock is a senior. I mean, is he going to take a senior quarterback and bench him? You know, right. to me, that, if you're going to do it, you almost have to pull the trigger now, or it's going to be two seasons. And, and I can't imagine any scenario where Gary Pinkle would do that. I, and I have to think the only real scenario where Drew Locke would be a consideration to have that redshirt pull is a Matty Mock injury. Um, it, Pinkle's loyal. Mock has experience. He's what fourteen and four mm-hmm. as a starting quarterback. Yeah, despite all his problems, I just. You know, it just seems people talk about it, but I just it seems incredibly well, unlikely. And then what you told me earlier, Colin, you said you really liked uh, Drew Locke's uh, rock hard abs and sinewy long arms. Yes, yeah, and uh, and how the sweat sort of beaded down mm-hmm, his brow, mm-hmm. and, and that those all factor into that decision as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. So why don't we really change do. topics real quick? <laughs> um, the, the injury bug has bitten the Tigers a little bit, and nothing serious right now. Um, other than Harold Brantley's completely devastated knee from a car accident, which we are well familiar with, yeah, but, I really, I really have been upset with cars ever since that. But uh, go mm-hmm, ahead, yeah. Uh, but uh, Andrew Baggett has has had uh, back issues as backup uh, kickers. Now, Brennan, I, through the rumor mill, I've heard that Andrew Baggett threw his back out, um, <laughs> pounding a line of sorority girls. Is there any truth to that rumor? Well, I, I can't. I certainly can't say. But I, would, uh, I found it hard to believe being as a kicker, you know, <laughs> a kicker. I wouldn't think that there would be any way the. No, they don't. Uh, they don't traditionally um, draw the ladies so much as the starting. Maybe it was at that little. Uh, it's got a jersey. The on massage there. parlor. I don't know anything you know what you're talking about. What do you mean? The, you know the one you drove by the other day and what? pointed out to me said it was a great place to go. I don't, yeah. I don't have any memory of that. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. Yeah, please move, move, move on. <laughs> um, yeah, back. So Baggett's hurt. Backup kicker's hurt. They're minor injuries, but a back is a serious issue for a kicker, as it is a prostitute. Um, <laughs> and then we've got. Uh, we mentioned Donovan Newsom. He's well, got a Brendan, st- strange before shoulder. Before we move on to Donovan Newsom, the, the backup kicker is also injured. Correct? That's that's for, yeah, just so like I mentioned. Third. Yeah. What's his name? So, backup kicker. We yeah, I think I said that. Yeah, yeah we are on two. the yeah. we are on the third the third kicker. Yeah, which. Nick, Nick Kaufman. Nick, Nick Kaufman, Kaufman, as you know, I remembered and knew by heart <laughs> because I know his Google entire place. Nope. The um, Chase Kaufman's little sister. I'm worried about <laughs> That's right. uh, is the third string kicker going to be actually any worse than Andrew Baggett? Well, you know, Baggett didn't have a terrible year last year. He had a couple of clutch long boots. I know. Uh, Arkansas. He kind of redeemed himself for everything he'd ever done ever. But I do think there's a lot of Tiger fans who will be loath to forget the South Carolina home game two years ago. It's just, just where he hate. earned his nickname, Baggett of Shit. Yes. That's right. As Coach Pinkle calls him regularly. <laughs> Baggett of Shit, get out here! Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I, I, we, I'm still high on Baggett. We do have a few leftover Andrew Baggett jerseys that we put up for sale last season. Just a, just a couple. Yeah, and I feel like they're going to move fast as soon as that back heals up. Yep. 
So, and like I said, uh, Donovan Newsom's uh, shoulder injury, mm-hmm. uh, Wesley Leftwich, the wide receiver, Wesley. starting receiver. He's Wesley. Um, he has a knee day-to-day. He has two knees. <laughs> he does have two <laughs> knees. One of them is slightly strained. Oh, okay. um, but, yeah, thank you for clarifying that for me. Um, gosh, there's a, there's a slew of other injuries. Hashtag analysis. <laughs> That's, you're only going to get that <laughs> hot, hot analysis here. <laughs> so, uh, but, but like I said, a lot of these injuries, uh, I've, I haven't mentioned all of them, are day-to-day. Mm. Um, they're, they stand to be ready by week one, most of the cases. But it, it leaves them out of these practices. It leaves them out of these scrimmages. They don't get as much uh, time in front of uh, in the drills as to some of the guys who are healthy. So uh, I don't know. Do you think the injury bug is, is going to leave Missouri in a place to? Well, I certainly don't worry about the injury bug as much as I have in the past for the Tigers because if the the one place I can say to almost to a certainty is that where the Tigers have improved is just in depth. Mm-hmm. They seem to have players behind players now, which is something the Tigers have not always enjoyed. I mean, we've had some decent frontline guys for several years now, but Pinkle has really started to build year by year. The Tigers get appreciably better. And mm-hmm. part of that, that the, it's by a small percentile, but as, at, over time it has, it has incre- you know, it's built up, and now they they seem to have some real depth. And just like with dismissing Loud and possibly being confident in doing that because of a guy like Marcel Frazier losing Harold Brantley and really being able to absorb the blow, maybe not completely, but it looks like we're going to be okay. Um, losing all of our wide receivers, and to this point, everybody seems pretty high on their the guys behind them. Um, you know, so with injury bugs. Uh, you know, I feel like they're, the Tigers are more prepared to deal with the injury bug than they ever have before. That being said, none of these injuries look serious, and, you know, it only takes uh, one big injury to the right position uh, mm-hmm. to really, you know, you know, pound it in your butt. <laughs> but, uh, um, That's a technical term. That's a football, <laughs> yeah, term. <laughs> football term. Sorry, I don't hit so much of football jargon at you guys. But, um, yes, I'm as confident that we can withstand those sorts of things as I ever have been. Sure. And I agree with you. The depth does seem to be stronger this year. We'll find out if that's the case, but we, we also have by sec standards, uh, a pretty, um, nice on ramp into the heart of the season. You know, mm-hmm. we play SEMO, we've got Arkansas state. We have some of the weaker talent, weaker games at the front end, front loaded onto the season. Um, we'll see how weak it is when we go up against them, but just from looking at it from August eyes, uh, you know, we, I think for a young football team, it's great yeah. to have that front-loaded schedule with easy teams. Kind of mm-hmm. gets you game experience, but it doesn't throw you right into the out of the pan into the fire. So. Well, you know, and, and people bash having these cupcake games early in the season, but I can't fault Gary Pinkle or the Tiger Athletic Department one bit for doing that. Um, you see, some of those teams, will, and especially in the SEC, will go up in the big matches right out of the gate. I know Alabama's going to play Wisconsin. There's a couple other big games. Um, but I like the way the Tigers do it. It puts them in a good position to, to you know, going into November, they're battle-tested and they're going up against the rougher teams and they're they're ready to play. I don't have any problem with it at all. No, and I think it's sort of a – I mean, the scheduling's done so far out and I'm, we've probably uh, reached a point where that's falling off from the Big 12. But um, the Big 12 is set up in a way that most of their teams do it this way. I mean, that's a – you know, we came from the Big 12. Our scheduling has been – we schedule out several years in advance, mm-hmm. and it's just always the way we've done it because it's the Big 12. But now that we're in the SEC, a lot of these SEC teams schedule these cupcakes. They sprinkle them in towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And so while uh, people may criticize us for doing it in, the, in the, uh, the beginning of the season, it was almost strange to me to see, you know, LSU playing Presbyterian in the, you know, at the end of this, the year or whatever. It's like, you know, I didn't even – 
Presbyterian. I, I really thought they were playing a, a church congregation <laughs> uh, in, in in the later part of their season. So. Yeah, so I, I, I um, and the you know, and it's been a transitional period for the Tigers because this is only their third year in the SEC, and so they've really had to hustle yeah, wonder, up teams to get. Yeah, I wonder if the schedule, if Gary Pinkle will stick with this front-loaded system, or if he will kind of fall into the SEC norm of sprinkling uh, cupcakes in later in the year. We shall find out, and we'll find out a lot of things when we get back from the break. But one thing I haven't mentioned yet, but should have, is that we do have a guest today. Howard Richards is going to join us later, uh, the color analyst for the Missouri Tiger radio broadcast, and he's gonna, we're going to ask him what he thinks about this upcoming squad with two weeks to go until kickoff. So uh, look forward to that. Until then, this is the Mazzotcast. <laughs> Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. The Mazodcast, your source for contagious erectile dysfunction. With us now is color analyst for the Missouri Tigers and Mizzou and Dallas Cowboy legend Howard Richards. Thanks for joining us, Howard. Hey, thank you for having me on. How's it going today? Going pretty well. Uh, we're pretty excited about the season getting started, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how fall camp is going. We're pretty far into it now, and I uh, was wondering... Howard, what your thoughts are about the Tiger crew, and um, if you had any surprises coming out of fall camp that you, after watching the spring squad, what changes might have taken place, or pluses or minuses? I think the biggest thing is uh, uh, with there were concerns about the Missouri receivers, the young receivers, and how uh, not only how well they would develop, because we, we all believe that they are going to develop and, and be good players, but I think how quickly they can develop uh, to be season-ready and SEC conference-ready. I think the last two scrimmages uh, that the Tigers have had, the young receivers have stepped up and uh, been pretty impressionable. Right. Um, so I would, I would say that uh, I think the, the, uh, the receiving core is probably uh, at schedule or maybe a little ahead of schedule. Uh, and I think the coaching staff is probably very much relieved and uh, probably smiling a little bit at the end of practice because these guys are seemingly catching up a little bit. But, you know, that's that's the hard work that they're putting in uh, before, during, and after practice and, and getting lots of reps with uh, the quarterbacks. That uh, brings me to my next question. Uh, the quarterback, I mean, everybody knew going into the season that Matty Mock was the returning starter. Um, Drew Locke coming on board as a redshirt freshman. Everybody had a lot of excitement for him. But a couple scrimmages in now, and Drew Locke just looked so comfortable and um, mature as a backup quarterback. I know the smart money is on Drew Locke remaining a redshirt for this season, but there's been a lot of talk, a lot of mock lock talk about uh, is there a chance that Drew Locke could see action in 2015? And, um, you know, and, and talking about those receiving core, both of those guys playing well make those guys look better. 
do you think Drew Locke might see any action this season? If I had to bet, I would I'd say I'd bet against it. And if I had to hope, I would say I hope not. Um, that would essentially mean that Matty Mock is either not playing well at all or he's gotten hurt. Right. Uh, I think Matty Mock, uh, with his play uh, as a full-time starter last year and the 2013 season where he picked up after uh, you know replacing James Franklin, has earned him the right to be Mizzou's starting quarterback. Sure. Um, it hasn't been perfect for him, but he has shown – uh, that he is a, a a very capable quarterback, and I think with another off season, uh, another spring practice, spring football over the summer, uh, and attending the Madden, excuse me, the Manning camp, um, I would assume that Maddie Mock is poised to have a much better season uh, than he had last year, mm-hmm. uh, which is only natural that he should show improvement from season to season. And uh, I know that uh, they've been working on his inconsistent play last year and working on all the finer points to make him a better quarterback. You know, reading quicker, looking off the first receivers, learning to trust and stay in in that pocket and moving up into the pocket instead of, you know, reversing out. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that I think that gave him trouble and gave the offense trouble. If he can make those corrections uh, and be more consistent, I I think the Missouri offense – uh, will play very well this year. Sure. One of the things that really um, has got me a little bit more confident is I seem to remember in fall camp last year, Mock didn't have a great camp. He was he was pretty inconsistent in a lot of the issues you were discussing. Um, he he consistently did those things in camp, and he came out of the gate slow. And, of course, he had a pretty mediocre season uh, from a statistical standpoint. This year, he seems to have better numbers. Um, his last scrimmage, he had a lot more. His, per- court, his um, pass percentage was a lot better. Of course, we mentioned Locks was good as well. But just the fact that he lo- Mock looks sharper, the receivers look sharp, uh, it gives me a little more confidence going into this season offensively than I would have maybe expected. And with offenses, typically this early in the season, uh, two weeks of camp, for, for a, a team to be absolutely perfect, I think is rare. Mm-hmm. When you've got moving parts, you know, new pieces to the puzzle, meaning new pieces to your offense, uh, that consistency, that uh, cohesiveness, just isn't going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but again, week in week out, uh, the more opportunities they have, I think that that's what's encouraging is that they're continuing to get better. So you want to see that type of improvement from. Uh, each outing, from practice to practice, you want to see improvement. So, mm-hmm. with with his his last outing, the 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 quarterbacks collectively and the receivers collectively, I think they've shown that they've made strides since the uh, the earlier scrimmage uh, the previous Saturday. So sure. that's encouraging. That's encouraging. That's what you want to see from your offense. Um, and right now, there are no uh, no white flags to be thrown up. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's still two weeks to go before uh, the season opener, and uh, I have every reason to believe that they're going to be ready for Southeast Missouri. But again, it, it's still it's a week to week improvement, mm-hmm. and I expect them to be uh, even farther along. Excuse me, further along uh, the week that they play Arkansas State. Sure, Howard. They've moved uh, Connor McGovern over to left tackle. Um, he was a solid lineman last year, but uh, you know, left tackle is that uh, premier spot on the offensive line. How do you feel like uh, Connor McGovern is going to fit in that role? 
I think Conor McGovern has the capability to fit that role very well. If you look at uh, the, the previous two seasons, uh, Justin Britt was moved to left tackle, played very well. Mitch Morse last season was moved to left tackle, played pretty well. History shows that the transition to the left side by you know very athletic players um, can be a very good one. So if you've got a guy that's talented like McGovern and they feel confident that he's the guy, then I I, I believe that uh, and trust that this is a uh, you know, he's the right fit for the position. Of course, it remains to be seen um, you know, once a game time plays, but I, I have no reason to believe that he's he's going to struggle, at least not right now. Mm-hmm. Well, good. I, I, I want to switch a little bit over to the defensive side because you mentioned the question marks we had at receiver going into camp, and uh, equally questionable was the defensive line after the loss of Harold Brantley and then the dismissal of Marcus Loud. Um, and it looks like that is starting to come together as well. Um, we got a young defensive line, but what are your thoughts about these these new players stepping up for these roles, replacing veterans, and then um, you know question marks from from Brantley and Loud's uh, absence? Obviously, those were those were uh, big losses that neither could anticipate. Um, and a, a player with the caliber of Harold Brantley, who's been a major contributor along that defensive line. Uh, his presence or lack of presence will uh, will hurt, but there's you know I think there's optimism with the backups being able to step into uh, that role and you know look at a guy like Josh Augusta who's you know, played as a true freshman and going into his junior season you know he's dropping some weight which I think will help him um, you know, move a lot better on the field. They're going to depend on him a lot more. You know, mm-hmm. I think Augusta was he was a hefty three sixty at one point. Sure, uh, and and I think three thirty five is where they would like for him to be by September fifth. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I, I think if he, if he's you know at the three twenty mark, uh, he he'll, he'll be an even better player. Mm-hmm. He'll be able to move faster, and uh, his uh, fatigue level will will shorten, but um, it, you know, it's a process. You don't want him to drop too much too quickly, mm-hmm. but if he's progressing in that area, as long as he's eating healthy and, uh, and continuing to, you know, to work hard and, uh, you know, in the weight room, then I expect him to be a, uh, uh, a factor. I think he's going to be a wild card. Uh, he's going to play a whole lot more uh, than maybe what he had been slated to play, and uh, I think he's, he's going to be someone that the, the Tigers will have to depend on at that position. Sure, sure, and then that uh, that fatigue level is a big question mark for him because I don't think there's a question about his talent at all. No, not at all. We, we know he's very athletic, even for a big guy. Uh, but, again, it's going to boil down to him being more effective at a, at a lesser weight, and I think everyone realizes that, including Josh. Right. And uh, I just think he'll, he'll be a better player there, and um, – but there are others, you know. Charles Charles Harris, I think, is going to be uh, an effective player for the Tigers. Ricky Hadley, someone else that they're going to depend on a lot uh, in the absence of of Bradley. Um, but here's the other thing: you, you have a, a the back seven or much improved. They're going to be a much better uh, defensive unit because of uh, the experience that you have back there and the athletic ability. Right. Um, even though the sack total may go down this year, uh, 
Um, I believe Missouri has led the SEC in sacks the last two seasons. But even if that does go down, uh, I think you'll see more consistent play and better play, more aggressive play in all the other positions, uh, especially the linebacking core. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's exciting about the possibility. It'll be a different type of defense this year, but I don't think it'll be any less exciting for for Missouri in 2015. Well, where do you project the Tigers to finish? I um, you know they the SEC they've listed them as probably a, a third place behind Georgia and Tennessee. The Tigers have um, oh, always outperformed. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> they they've always outperformed projections uh, since they've been in the SEC minus the 2012 season. Um, but what do you? How do you think this Tiger squad can look when we get down to November, December? Well, I, if 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 the pieces fall uh, where I hope that they do, then I think Missouri will, will be right in the hunt, right in the thick of things by the time the season ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expect them to challenge for the SEC East title again this year. I, I think that you know the 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 teams that are vying for the top, Georgia. Tennessee, who they've sort of elevated uh, as, as a, a team that could overtake Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, Without evidence. That on, yeah, yeah, right. Basically, <laughs> that on what? I don't know, but, mm-hmm. but that's mm-hmm. the prognosticators. Sure. Uh, and I, I think Tennessee will be approved. Sure. Uh, but I don't think that Tennessee has the weapons that Missouri has. Uh, that said, it, it'll all show up on the field, but I expect uh, Missouri to be right in the hunt. You know, and I and I I really believe that this you know this East title could again go down to the wire as it has the last couple of years. Great. Well, thanks, Howard. I wanted to ask you. I had three quick questions just about you uh, since we have you on the line rather than the team. Um, I one of them was you, you live in St. Louis and you come into Columbia for the games. What is your favorite place to eat in Columbia? What would you recommend as the best food in Columbia for out of towners? <laughs> well, that, that's a good question. Um, I, I like Glenn's, which is mm-hmm. right next door to the Tiger Hotel, which is my home away from home. Big fan of Sophia's. Yeah. I, I think Sophia's is probably my favorite restaurant overall okay. in Columbia. They're, uh, the, the menu's great. The service is very good and uh, just a tremendous atmosphere. Sure. So those are those are pretty two pretty good uh, recommendations. Good. And those are, those, those, yeah, those tend to be the places where I go the most. Yeah, you know, we hear about Shakespeare's and Booch's a lot, so it's good to get outside that realm. But <laughs> my my next question is: You were in the CIA after your playing career. Um, we like to break news here if we can. Can you tell us where Jimmy Hoffa is buried? <laughs> <laughs> now, if I told you that. Uh huh. <laughs> No one would ever believe. It. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd have to. So kill I'm not him. even going to say. Okay, well, that, I'll just skip the grassy knoll question then. Um, let's, and the last one is: uh, Which would be worse for you, spending a week in Fallujah, Iraq, or a week in Lawrence, Kansas? Absolutely, spending a week in Lawrence, Kansas sure. would be Thank much you. worse. That's the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> give, me, give me Fallujah any day. <laughs> All right, Howard, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a a lot of fun. So um, good luck this season, and you can hear Howard on uh, the Tiger Radio Network every game day. Fantastic. Look forward to talking to you guys again. Okay, bye, Howard. Well, that was great. Uh, It's good to have uh, another person who actually has credibility join us once again. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
I'm really, surprised people keep doing it. <laughs> I, I can only assume it's because they don't listen to the show. Right. Uh, so they yeah. don't know that they shouldn't associate themselves in any way with us. <laughs> I'm regretting it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you should. Well, but we said people with credibility. Ah. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was good to have Howard on. Um, I encourage people to not listen so that we can continue to get good guests like sure. that. Sure, so, um, guys, I think it's time for something pretty special to our hearts. Joel, I don't know if you're familiar. It's a little something we call Kansas news. Are you yes, aware of this? I've heard of it. Yeah, well, it's it's I've pretty, it. pretty, 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 pretty important thing to this show. <laughs> yeah, and so um, it's pretty much our sole purpose for having this show. Yeah, uh, we do have a we have a listener survey that's been going around for the last couple of weeks, and uh, one of the top uh, things that people listen for not our cunning wit or our like hard hitting analysis. <laughs> Kansas News. Kansas nice. News. Well, I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. So, Kansas story first, number one. Let's see what it is here. Kansas man uses sword to confront teen breaking into home. Oh, Wichita, Kansas. A 17-year-old suspected of breaking into a suburban Wichita home early Friday morning is being treated for cuts <laughs> after the homeowner confronted him with a sword. Uh, of course he did. The Wichita Eagle reports that an Oak Lawn man called 911 shortly before 4.30 a.m. to report that he was arming himself because someone was breaking into the home. Now, in Kansas, it is shocking that it was not a firearm. Because yeah, this they, news story here is that it wasn't a gun. Yeah, it was. Joel... You haven't heard a lot of these Kansas stories, but no. 97% of them involve a Kansas shooting himself or others <laughs> with a firearm. Yeah. Good. He uh, himself, too. So the intruder was gone when a sheriff deputy arrived, but a few minutes later, someone called 911 from a house a few blocks away reporting someone who was bleeding. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Sedwich County Sheriff's spokesman, Lieutenant Lynn Denning, said that the teen was taken to a hospital and was being booked into jail after he was released. So I guess the detectives put that together. Bleeding man a few blocks away... Sword victim. Weird. <laughs> Weird. So, yeah. So uh, Denny said the teen was detained for outstanding warrants and could face an attempted burglary. He went all Game of Thrones on his ass. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> Winter's coming, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's see our next story. Oh, this is a good one. 60-pound carp found dead in suburban Kansas drainage ditch. Oh, wow. Now, without reading a word of this story, I can tell you for a fact this this fish was trying to escape the river of molten shit <laughs> that has that, become the Kansas River. Yeah, so uh, we reported a few weeks ago, Joel, there was a story uh, that the Topeka sewage treatment plant had dumped millions of gallons of shit into the Kansas River, uh. and it flowed down to Lawrence, and then reports were that the water drinking levels were fine. <laughs> Not according to this carp. <laughs> a uh, suburban Kansas animal control officer said she was skeptical when a man reported a four-foot-long carp in a drainage ditch. How big? Four-foot-long. Wait. 60 pounds. 60 pounds. Yeah, that's like much four like, more than 56. Yes, yeah, <laughs> much like Gary Pinkle's cock. <laughs> well, well, well. Uh, Jamie Schmidt, a school resource officer in Olathe, Kansas Police Department, soon found herself wrapping a 60-pound dead fish in trash bags and using a lift to get it into her truck. Okay, 60 pounds is heavy for a fish, but a lift to get it in your truck? <laughs> yeah. Come on, Jamie Schmidt of Olathe, Kansas. Um, it was yeah, actually on. She was in a jazzy wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That makes sense now. Yeah. Thanks. 
Uh, it was heavy and it was wet, Schmidt told CBS <laughs> affiliate KCTV. <Yeah>, oh. <laughs> well, that's both right. adjectives I would, uh, would, would ascribe to a dead fish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to argue with that analysis. Yeah, it's much better than our football analysis. Kansas City Star reports the unidentified man f- and an unidentified man found the carp Friday in a ditch near an elementary school. Schmidt, who is filling in as an animal control officer while the regular one is on maternity leave. That's really that part of the story necessary? No. Okay. Nope. Well, we wish her well and her new baby. Thinks it came from a nearby lake after heavy rains. Well, it didn't come from the sky. <laughs> so that we'll, we'll eliminate that option. Yep. Yep. Okay. Schmidt told KCTV that she was so excited she took a picture with the fish and told all her friends it was her catch of the day. <laughs> oh my, my goodness. She is irreverent. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Uh, let's see. She says it was easier to haul the fish away dead than it would have been if it was alive. <laughs> what? But she's full of all kinds of information that is completely obvious without being said. <laughs> <laughs> Neighbors who live by the lake where it, believe, it is believed the fish came from were amazed by the size, too. Charlene Hughes told KCTV that they saw big carp swimming out in the lake often. We know they're pretty big, but 60 pounds is bigger than I thought. Well... You're fucking wrong. <laughs> Dead wrong. <laughs> Dead carp wrong. That's right. Okay, what have we got for us now? New bourbon virus kills Kansas man. Last spring, a healthy Kansas man in his 50s became ill after being bitten by ticks on his property, and now it appears that bite may have caused his death. He became so sick with nausea, weakness, diarrhea, and continued to get progressively sicker, according to USA Today. Doctors sent his blood to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, where they discovered he was infected with a previously undiscovered virus never known in the United States. Came from Kansas. Of course it did. Of course it did. Shocking. The virus is being called the bourbon virus because I assume the amount of bourbon in his bloodstream. <laughs> I guess, yeah. No, because an unidentified man, the unidentified man lived in Bourbon County, Kansas. Uh, the man was originally treated with antibiotics, and his doctors are saying he did all the right things. Yeah, the bloodletting, leeches, right. you know, all of the all of the you know best medical advice Kansas has has right, offered. Right, drilling into a skull. Um, <laughs> his death. You can let those demons out, Joel. <laughs> of course, the pressure. Right, the trolls that live in his belly. His death could be a rare case where a common virus becomes deadly. The newspaper reported it is also possible that the virus has changed or evolved to become more dangerous. So long as it stays within the confines of the state of Kansas, of I remain unafraid. <laughs> I assume that he's probably um, – his diet of Doritos and Monster Energy drink probably did not help you know, his overall health and probably only served to you know, help this virus to kill him. I don't know. I feel like that kind of diet would kill off anything, including a, a dangerous, deadly new virus. Oh, I, you know, I, it's sad that he's dead, but I – I honestly can't drum up any give a shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, because he's from Kansas. Kansas police arrest man after going 176 miles per hour after his engine explodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd hope so. Good God. Kansas Talladega style. Kansas police say they've arrested a man who was clocked going as fast as 175 miles an hour in a car that is banned on American roads. Oh. I have to assume, I can only assume, he was just trying to get out of Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> Let me out of this godforsaken state. And who can fault the guy? I mean, no please, judge, have some leniency. <laughs> Kansas Highway Patrol Master Trooper Neil Stanley confirmed that at approximately 7.30 a.m. on Sunday, Franklin County Sheriff's Office were involved in a car chase on I-35 with a vehicle. 
Um, they uh, had notified the Osage County Sheriff's Office and Coffee County Sheriff's Office to help in intercepting the vehicle and possibly using spike strips. Just before 8 a.m., however, the vehicle came to a stop near Williamsburg at mile marker 176 with a blown engine. Robert D. Bell was arrested and charged with speeding, failure to signal, fleeing, and eluding, impeding traffic, and reckless driving. Police say he was driving a Nissan GTR Skyline used for racing purposes. Hmm. While it's banned on American roads, it is legal to drive on closed courses. So, uh, let's see. According to Franklin County Sheriff's Department, bail was set at $100,000. And again, I stick with my original statement. The guy's just trying to get out of Kansas and th <laughs> yeah. throw him a little leniency. Yeah, I feel like... Uh... I feel bad for this guy, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would soup up a car and drive it as fast as hell mm -hmm. to get, to get out, out of that state. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Well, we have one more story for you today. Kansas woman says UFO blocked out moon and stars. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm going right. to repeat that. Kansas woman said it. <laughs> yep. Uh, Kansas woman said she stepped outside with her dog and noticed something unusual in the sky. The moon and the stars were gone. No. According to the audio testimony posted at audioburst.com, I ran back into the house, got my daughter, dragged her out onto the porch, and hollered. First of all, she dragged her daughter. Secondly, she hollered. Well, her daughter's only four months old. Right. <laughs> hollered, look, look. And she looked up, and she goes, what? Yeah, what the fuck? What? <laughs> I say, the sky? <laughs> I say, where's the moon? Where's the stars? And then, sorry, I should probably say this in her voice. Where's the moon? Where's the stars? <laughs> Golly. Mama, Mama, what you got me out on the front lawn for? <laughs> then my neighbors, they crossed the way. They came out of their house, and they were all pointing at the sky. Look at there. there ain't no stars. Not a, not a dang one. <laughs> turns out, gone turns out, you know what? I think it was day. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be it. <laughs> and what they saw covering the sky was, in fact, disturbing. That thing was dead silent. Massive, so big, so huge. The sighting did not last long. Are we talking about Gary Pickle yep. again? What are we yeah. talking about? Here? <laughs> dead it, silent, so big, so huge. <laughs> and it took so off with the, <laughs> took off with the blink of an eye. She did not describe veins. <laughs> do not do not disturb precious Kansas news. Uh, and it took off with a blink of an eye and no noise. The woman described the object's shape. It wasn't round like a saucer or nothing. It was kind of an arrowhead shape. Spherical and pointy. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of an arrowhead shape. The whole... salty. <laughs> I think you're going in a different direction than this lady. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, let's see. <laughs> kind of an arrowhead shape. The whole bottom was pitch black until it just took off. Then there were multicolored lights at the bottom. As the object it moved away. Like every time these aliens come around, they always, you know, they decorate their ships like a, a house on Christmas for some reason. Mm -hmm. You'd think they'd be, you know, us lowly humans have figured out camouflage, mm -hmm. and we, but yet we haven't just, you know, figured out interstellar travel. Right. It seems like these aliens are completely opposite. They have discovered interstellar travel. Right. But they haven't discovered camouflage. Right. That's a no, great point. Maybe they're just enamored with a very brightly colored Christmas lights. Yeah, probably. It seems that's how they deck out their, their yeah. ships. Yeah. Um, so anyway, what is she, as the, as the object moved away, the woman's daughter also became terrified. Uh, let's see. She, it was like when the thing powered up and took off, there were these multicolored lights and my daughter was speechless and I grabbed her and I was shaking her, trying to snap her out of it because she was terrified. Again, she's Shaking a four baby. month old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shaking baby. Yes. No specific data is for the exact no specific date or exact location was given for the incident. The arrowhead shape of the UFOs is it is not frequently reported, although there have been similar ones reported in the shape of a triangle hmm. by other 
insane people who live <laughs> in trailers. Well, that obviously is proof. Yeah, so that is this week's Kansas News. So, anyway, uh, that, was a, that was a hoot, as it yeah. always is. Yeah. And again, Joel, thank you for your frequent and deep um, contributions to the show. You are welcome. Mm -hmm. My pleasure. So I think what we're going to do here is we'll take another break, and then we're going to come back. We're going to come back fresh and ready to play a new game. You guys ready for that? I am ready. All right. This is the Mazzotcast. the show with even fewer fans than the Kansas Jayhawks homecoming game, the Mazzotcast. Well, fellas, there's a guy out there. I don't know if you're familiar with him. His name's Hugh Freeze. He's the head coach of the old Miss Rebs. And uh, if you follow him on Twitter like I do, you'll see that he is capable of two things, Bible verses and very, very saccharine, uh, uplifting quotes. That's nice. He is the king of platitudes. And, and Colin, since I know that you uh, have the vocabulary of a third grader, I'm <laughs> going to describe you. A platitude is defined as a flat, dull, trite remark, especially one uttered as if it were fresh or profound, or a remark or statement, especially with a moral content that has been used too often to be interesting or thoughtful. <laughs> that's, that's, that is Hugh Freeze. <laughs> On the nose. <laughs> in a nutshell. In a nutshell, that is Hugh Freeze. So it brings us to a new game we're going to play today. Yes. And it, it, it revolves around Hugh Freeze's many, many words of wisdom. It's called Coach's Cliche, The Darnest Things. <laughs> Coach's Cliche, The Darnest Things. So here's how it's going to work, guys. I'm going to read you a quote, and you will have to decide whether it is one of the three people I list below. And it could be anyone from pop culture. Um, oftentimes, Hugh Freeze's statements will sound very similar to a 17-year-old pop star. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure they will. So I'm going to warn you right out of the gate that that is indeed possible. And so which one of you guys would like to go first? You know, let's let producer Jill go. I got I mean, it. It's his first. It's his Do it. Okay, Joel, you this ready for this? Time. Yes, yes. Okay, here we go. The, the statement is, make the right decision even when nobody's looking, especially when nobody's looking, and you'll always turn out okay. Especially when no one is looking. Mm -hmm. Is this Miley Cyrus, Oprah Winfrey, or Ole Miss head coach Hugh Freeze? <laughs> Miley. You say Miley Cyrus. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, on. it is, in fact... Oprah Winfrey. What? Yeah, so we're going to have a big zero on the board for Joel. I assume this is the start of a long, long trend. <laughs> yeah. uh, Colin, are you ready for your quote? I am ready. Seize the day. You will never accomplish much without a great attitude and imagination. Get busy living this day. Is it Rosie O'Donnell, Justin Bieber, or Ole Miss head coach Hugh Freeze? Boy, um... Because I follow Hugh Freeze, mm -hmm. I'm familiar with the kind of garbage that bubbles out of his mouth with every passing moment. And I'm going to say coach, the old football coach. 
Awesome. Yes, indeed. Hugh Freeze indeed said this trite, trite statement. One point for Colin. <laughs> so seize the day. I think he stole that. Carpe anyway, diem. Yeah. Way to go. All right, Joel, here's your chance to tie it up. All right. Ready? No matter what happens in life, be good to people. Being good to people is a wonderful legacy to leave behind. Now is this Taylor Swift, Pope Francis, or Hugh Freeze? Gosh, that is tough. <laughs> I'm going to say Hugh Freeze. Coach Hugh Freeze. Uh, I'm sorry. It's Taylor Swift. That was my You're last terrible choice. at this game. In a lot of ways, much, much like Hugh Freeze, but no. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Yep. So I'm going to mark on another zero. It seems pretty easy. You're just going to maybe mark one down for the next one. Um, <laughs> Come on. Colin, are you ready for another I am. Two? Okay. True humility is staying teachable regardless of of how much you already know. Is it... That is such horseshit. <laughs> Selena Gomez, Kim Kardashian, Ooh. or Hugh Freeze? I'm not going to say I'm going to get Coach Freeze twice in a row, so I'm going to say Selena Gomez because if there's one thing I know, it's Kim Kardashian knows nothing about humility. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is Hugh Freeze. Oh, oh. God damn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God damn it. Back-to-back Hugh Fr- Coach Freezes. I was you should have off. known whenever you said, that is such horseshit. <laughs> his, that is his specialty. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, okay, Joel, here's your chance. You can still tie it up after yes. that miss by Colin. Uh-huh. If your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. Is it Kesha, Whoopi Goldberg, or Ole Miss head coach, a Hugh Freeze? Hmm. Hugh Freeze. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I would have said that too, the, the whole leadership oh, yeah. thing. They, they love they, leaders, they, they yeah. They that stuff. And guess what, guys? We're tied up, knotted up at one-to-one. We're really killing it here. Being a leader in the world of football, uh, college football isn't so much about attending class or being a good <laughs> student or mm-hmm. a member of the community as much as it's can you tackle people? Right? Right. And, you know, well, and according yeah. to Hugh Freeze here, dreaming more. Dreaming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I dream a lot. I assume if they tend class, they're asleep, and that's what he means. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So, Colin, uh, you're, you're now tied up with Joel. Your quote is, you have to believe in your heart what you know to be true about yourself, and let that be that. Is it Mary J. Blige, Will Smith, or Hugh Freeze? I'm going to say Hugh Freeze. Are you? It's such a contrived piece of crap. It's like, oh. Yes. No, I'm sorry. It is Mary J. Blige. Mm. It is her sweet piece of Mary crap. J., Mary J. Blige is so old, I assume she didn't know what Twitter was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a fair assessment. Yet Hugh Freeze does. So, Okay, Joel, yes. here's your chance to take the lead. Let's do it. You started out so poorly, and yet here you can take a lead. I can do it. All right. Never get too busy making a living that you forget to make a life. Make oh, today count is it donald trump <laughs> britney spears or old miss head coach hugh freeze i'm going britney spears britney spears you say yes interesting choice oh, wrong that's, that's hugh freeze that is hugh freeze in a nutshell it's not donald trump I was gonna say. no <laughs> no he's definitely making a living before he he's making a life well in that tweet he didn't once reference how much he hates mexicans so i know it's not donald trump right? that's an excellent point all right colin here is your chance to retake the lead awesome god has not called us to see through each other but to see each other through is it the reverend billy graham Will Smith or Hugh Freeze? Wow, it's like a um, 
It's like an evangelical Yoda. Now, I'll tell you this one. This is one of my favorite kind of bullshit cliches. They just turn it around. Yeah, or they, they, you turn words around, and then it sounds magically profound. It's yeah. like it's like if you do not control your rage, your rage will control you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> still meaningless, but the words are flipped. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say Coach Freeze. No. Are you? No. Yes, Colin comes out to a commanding one point lead. <laughs> All right. Surmountable, I'd like to think. Joel, this is your last chance. You can right. tie. Yeah. You cannot win. Okay. But then again, there's really no winners here. <laughs> we're, all the, we're all the winners for <laughs> getting to not where enjoy I was going with that. Uh, Coach Freeze's wisdom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the quote is, no one will take care of you if you don't take care of yourself. Katy Perry, Alicia Keys, or Hugh Freeze? It's got to be Coach, right? It does not. It does not got to be. No. no, it is Alicia Keys, and you are. She's stupid. You're finishing up your first game with a strong one point, Colin. <laughs> well, I have another question. You have uh, secured the win, but do you want to go ahead anyway sure, and see absolutely. what we got here? I mean, why not? I, this has been. It's all of it so profound. I feel like I'm. I'm yeah, we're learning. I'm a we're developing. For yeah. having heard it. Agreed. A dream is only a dream until you decide to make it real. Is it Harry Styles, Charles Manson? <laughs> <laughs> or old Miss Head Coach, Hugh Freeze. Yeah, if your dream is sawing the heads off of blondes, <laughs> then he might be Charles Manson, but I'm going to go with Coach Freeze. Mm. Oh. Oh, it's Harry Styles. That was an impressive game, guys. Two, <laughs> Two to, one. to one. Ten questions, <laughs> three combined correct answers. Cool. Well, yeah, Hugh Freeze wins that round. So I like this one. What do you think? Yeah, bring it out back that. around? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't even know if we need another coach. Yeah. Hugh Freeze. Yeah, Hugh Freeze every, every single time. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, we talked a lot of football. As much as we can humanly talk about while there's no football going on. Play, yeah, sure. But uh, one thing we discussed during the break, Colin brought to our attention, is uh, it's a story that has been out for a little while, but we really haven't talked about it. It was the Big 12 um, – there was a story released about the Big 12 and the shuffling that was going on when the Tigers were still part of it, and there was an underhanded scheme for, I think, three to four teams to leave mm-hmm. the conference. Yep. And while the Tigers were shat upon... This was in 2010, right. by the way. So these were, while the Tigers were being shat upon for, for trying to bow out of the Big 12... In 2012... All of these other schools, including the state of Kansas, the University of Kansas, were, uh, were out there trying to... Ditch. The, so basically, what I'm getting at is Kansas is a giant sack of hypocrites. Yeah. And so, so in 2010, Kansas was trying to escape the Big 12. And then in t- uh, 2012, when uh, Missouri actually managed to do it because they're a commodity worth having, uh, <laughs> yeah, because they're a commodity worth having, uh, Kansas got a big uh, bag of sour grapes and decided to use that as the reason that, that they won't play Missouri. Missouri wasn't loyal to the conference, so on and so forth. Well, it turns out two years earlier, Kansas is trying to do the exact same thing. It just turns out no one wants Kansas ever. No. And, uh, you know, I, I'll tell you one thing about that. I mean, it, it's it's wonderful to a Missouri fan's ears because it just shows how awful Kansas is. All the things Missouri fans say is yeah, true. Yeah, it's high, hypocritical <laughs> horseshit, and it's, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and, you know, just the... Of all of it. Um, but that reminds me of a, of a fact about this weekend. 152 years ago today, uh, a brave, bold man named William Quantrell marched his stag over the border into Kansas and did what any good Missouri citizen would do. 
he burned every building in Lawrence, Kansas to the ground and started murdering people. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What's known as the Massacre of Lawrence took place uh, on April 21st, 1863. And, you know, I don't know. Colin, how how does your family celebrate the Kansiversary? Well, um, we like to cross the state line, uh, Mm -hmm. find a Kansas resident, uh, bound and gag them, put them in the trunk, bring them back to Missouri, and then we burn (laughs) them in effigy. Tradition, traditional Kansiversary the celebration. Kids love it. Yeah. The kids love it. <laughs> sure. It's for the kids, really. Really. Well, our family, we usually burn a hay bale, um, mm-hmm. and then we gather around the bale and tell stories about murdered Kansans. Yeah. And Grandma tells, you know, yeah. hilarious <laughs> stories about when she used to kill Kansans. Oh, back yeah, Bible. sure. Yeah. So um, yeah, just classic Kansiversary stuff. Sure. Just, you know, not anything out of the ordinary. It's pretty exciting, though. Um to, to think about those bold, bold soldiers. Um, don't, no, don't get me confused. I don't support their cause. Yeah. <laughs> they might have been on the wrong side of history right. with one major, major component of that battle. Um, but the day they decided to burn the city of Lawrence down, hard to argue with that. Yeah. I don't, we don't necessarily endorse their politics here on the Mazadcast. No, no, no. But we do not. No. But the actions of this, uh, these Missourians, uh, we're quite proud of Beautiful. Yeah. the day yeah. they Beautiful. they burned that city uh, to the ground. <laughs> to a crisp. Yep. It was fantastic stuff. So, um, Joel, did did you have a Kansiversary story you'd like to share with us? Well, no. Yeah, just I grew up. In was a not shocked home. by that. No, we we frown upon killing and burning. But Even Kansans? You can see why we never let him have the mic, folks. If he, no. he doesn't he doesn't want to kill Kansans. It's yeah. not my fault. <laughs> It's how I was brought up. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, but you know, you can break out of that cycle yeah, of I mean, oppression. We started to. We all have Feels a past, good. Joel. You know, yeah. <laughs> to, to borrow a phrase that I'm sure Hugh Freeze has learned, you know, used a hundred times. Uh, every every sinner, or sorry, you nailed it. <laughs> every oh, no. every saint has a past. Yeah. Every sinner a future. Mm-hmm. So. Still didn't really nail no, it. No, I didn't. Did not call no, another part. <laughs> but. Yeah, well, um, but anyway, the uh, the the moral of the story is that Kansas is a bunch of awful, awful hypocrites. Yep, and their city was burned to ashes. Yep, so, it sure was. Anyway, we're getting close to our end of our show time. So, is there anything you want to say? Two weeks left before Tigers take the field against SEMO? I'm looking forward to it, Brendan. We're gonna. Uh, should have one more podcast to break down the CMO game. Right. As a matter of fact, there is rumors on the in the rumor mill mm-hmm. where rumors are mill. born yeah. and they mill about. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that CMO's head coach uh, will join us, Coach Took, and talk about what CMO is all about. Because if you're like me, and I think you are. Uh, you don't know anything about SEMO. <laughs> no, no. I was shocked to find out they're actually in Missouri. The most stands for Missouri. Where is yeah. SEMO? It is in Cape Girardeau, Cape Missouri, Girardeau. which is in southeast Missouri. Uh, yeah. So um, you feel like that part of the, of the which state which describes a SEMO. Yeah, the southeast Missouri, yeah. mm-hmm. which you make feel like it muddies. I mean, they're a little borderline Missouri. I mean, because yeah, they're, they're, they're close they, to that they Illinois, like Tennessee, Kentucky. Poisoned a little bit by yeah some other states. Yeah, Scotch. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I honestly I don't want to hit too hard on Semo. Like, no. It's let's save that vitriol for the South Carolinas and the Arkansas sure. and the Floridas sure. and the Tennessees and the Mississippi states. <sighs> well, if I, you know what, Brendan, I do want to hit one more thing before we go away. Let's do it. Um, there is not a more delusional bunch of idiots on the planet 
than mm-hmm. Tennessee fans. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> right. an excellent point. I'm glad you brought it up. Arkansas fans are, are a close second. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I listen, there's a reason that Auburn fans and Alabama fans are insufferable assholes mm-hmm. because their teams have been very good for a right. long, long time. But Tennessee and Arkansas haven't been good for quite some time. No. In fact, I don't – Brendan, I'm not as good with the statistics as you are. Right. Who is? How many times has uh, Tennessee beat us since we've been in the SEC? Oh, hold on. Let me do some math here. I got my chalk. Carry the one. Never. Zero. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm up to zero times. But they they have no problem just like chalking that up. Chalking that up every every year. Well, at least we're going to get a win against Mizzou. Mm-hmm. We've got that one. You know, <laughs> Seems to be working out Vanderbilt, for them. Vanderbilt, check. Mm-hmm. Kentucky, check. Mizzou, mm-hmm. check. Um, despite, yeah, despite history... Uh, the same with Arkansas. Arkansas won two conference games last year, mm-hmm. and they are so happy. One of them was against us, though, right? No, no, Brendan. In fact, if you'll remember that game, mm. they came to Mizzou and lost. Oh, <laughs> that's sad. Yeah. So, um, but these two fan bases, in particular, and I almost can't blame them from a certain standpoint because if you watch the SEC Network, everybody else is also giving the benefit of the doubt. I think I've hit this three shows in a row now, but you cannot trust the SEC media. Oh, they are completely like blinded by their own conference, the the, the team that they cover in they're, particular. They're in the tank for Auburn and Alabama, one hundred percent. And even like even like this Tennessee story, they go they just they've completely bought in on Josh Dobbs, yet he has done nothing to earn it. He certainly hasn't grown eyebrows. <laughs> no, <laughs> Tennessee has not had a winning record, or I shouldn't say winning record, but has not been you know had a a good season, really mm-hmm. good season in quite some time, and yet everybody's just ready to jump sh- on board that they're going to win the East this year. And I, I can't, I can't get it. I don't get it. Oh, these people, Rocky Top. These people pass themselves off as journalists, and at, at the same time have no objectivity or you know realism in anything that they report. Well, much like most of the entire South, they live in the past. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even Mike Diarman's kid, and mm-hmm. you know, and. Those guys around Missouri. Name escapes me. Yeah. They, you know, I hate to give Power Mizzou any credit for anything. Sure, don't do Other that. than fielding a uh, group of virgins who can uh, report Mizzou information almost a full eight minutes before you can get it on the internet. That you don't have to pay for. Yeah, that you don't have to pay for. <laughs> but uh, I would, I would, I think those guys are uh, top shelf compared to what I've seen come out of the SEC media for mm-hmm. the most part. Sure. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Got him a little soapbox there. Yeah. Sure did. Okay. <laughs> he did. Great story. Thanks. <laughs> um, well, I think that'll do it. I think we've done all that we can two weeks out from game time. Like Colin said, we will be coming back to you next week for our final season preview before we have real-life Tiger football. Huzzah. So. And, and Joel, I just want to congratulate you on your first show. I, all 17 words you've contributed <laughs> have been you golden. That's great. Yeah, and maybe we'll have you back. Maybe we won't. <laughs> we won't. Um, I certainly wouldn't well, quit your day job. On, so he's better than the last person we decided to learn. <laughs> That's uh, right. The microphone. His, yes. his microphone switch abilities far exceed what we had last week. Yeah. So. Yeah, all right. Well, with that, I think uh, let's say do go on our website, click on the uh, user survey, listener survey. Please, Tell please us what you think. Survey. We had a lot of negative feedback. We enjoyed, <laughs> enjoyed a great deal. Uh, go to our Twitter account, at Mazodcast, and uh, we'll see you next week. Go Tigers. Yeah, go Tigers.
two minutes of hot dog water. Ooh. Oh, 